Hello, Warriors. Welcome to another episode of Warriors and Hope. I'm Valerie Silvera. And today I have another special guest, a true warrior. And I'm really looking forward to you hearing her message and her perspectives. And I just know there will be probably more than one little nugget. But even if you just took one little nugget from my guest and applied it to your life, I know your life could change for the better. So first of all, before I let her start sharing with you, I want to say a few things about Brenda. And before I do, I just want to say that when I met Brenda in person and heard a little bit more about her story and then looked at what she's doing and I really just thought, wow, I came home and told my husband, Rich, all about her and what she's up against and how she still has such a heart to help other people. And, you know, it really, it's, it's very impressive. And I hope more than being impressive to you, I hope it will empower you to do something similar. So Brenda, Brenda Gray Furland is her name. And she is, I can tell you this for sure, resilient and compassionate mother of two grown boys. And she's had a lot of challenges in her life, but the two that are more recent and really the big ones, all of us, especially us moms know how big these can be. She has two sons. Asa is 38 and Zane is 36. Asa has navigated life's turbulent waters with, I'm sorry, I'm reading this and getting ahead of myself. Brenda's navigated <laughs> these turbulent waters with grace and fortitude, and here's why. Asa's lifelong battle with addiction, leading him through rehab and prison. All the while, Zane's severe disabilities, and remember that he's 36 years old presently, that require full-time care. But they have helped to shape Brenda's lives in ways, of course, she never could have anticipated. But what's really cool about Brenda is that it's through these personal hardships that she found her calling. And she's a strong woman of faith who relies on God's grace. And so she's chosen. Did you catch that word? She's chosen to channel her experiences into being a beacon of hope and strength for others on similar <clears throat> journeys. And your journey could be different from her journey, but a lot of our feelings are the same. And so she is a certified trauma recovery coach, which is awesome. We need more of those out there and a mental health coach. And she uses her firsthand experience, which I think is very important when you're looking for somebody to help guide you. She has firsthand experience and professional expertise that can help guide you through traumas and toward recovery. So let me right now introduce my friend and fellow warrior brenda gray ferlin hey brenda hey valerie good to be here oh thank you so much for joining me i'm really um honored and i'm I, i'm looking forward to my listeners hearing more about your story and finding ways to connect with you because i truly think that one of the things when we go through whatever we go through is that we end up feeling kind of alone even if we know a lot of other people have a similar situation, you're sitting at home with your struggles and you feel very alone. And, and I know that your story is going to help people to not feel so alone. Well, I hope so. So let's, 
I think that it, it's important. You know what I think I'd like to do is, is start a little further and then we can go back. But tell us when you first started to notice, and you don't have to get into all these fine details, whatever you'd like to share. Um, when Asa started going down his road, you know, when he met his beast of addiction and all of that that goes with it. And if you want, you can tell the parallel story of you having this other child that required your care. How did you navigate all this? Well, I look back on it now and I wonder, <laughs> how did I do that? And it uh, reminds me of the footprints in the sand because, yeah, sometimes when I tell my story or, you know, I'm outlining it, I'm just like, Jesus, thank you. You know, you were so confident. I'm so confident that I could not have gone through that without him literally carrying me. But I guess with Asa, um, it, it started, um, he had ADD, which, you know, my kids are 38 and 36 now. So a lot of these diagnoses um, that they have now were not that prevalent back then. And so, you know, I had coaches telling us that, um, you know, oh, you might want to have him tested. And uh, he never wanted to have any labels whatsoever because he had this brother that had this big, huge label of autism and mental retardation and epilepsy. So I think, you know, can't change the past, but I, you know, I think that he was probably self-medicating through some of his own challenges with ADD. And so, so I first noticed that things were not normal or ACE's behavior was definitely changing, more aggressive, getting calls from the school um, and just backtracking now the he went through at least 11 different schools um, during the early years of his addiction um, and it, through all that I didn't know what was going on I just thought he was you know in a lot of teenage um, turmoil and he was you know never happy running away from home and we just really couldn't get through to him and so finally we had the talk you know, like, what's going on? Are you on something? And um, he, he owned up to it. And he said, yeah, um, the neighbor that um, is a bear distributor, you know, he clears, he goes by the uh, circle case at the end of the day and pulls all the dated beer and puts it in the back of his truck and then takes it back to um, the company the following day. And he said him and his buddies were you know, going and pulling the beer out of his truck. And um, so it started with alcohol, him drinking. And, you know, I, I, through all of this, the next thing was definitely marijuana. And um, everything came so fast. Like, you know, he was just this happy kid. And then, you know, all the signs where his grades are falling, he's not making friends, he's losing friends, he's getting in trouble at school. And, you know, all those signs that you hear about, but I still couldn't piece it together. You know, I just thought it had to be because he had, um, you know, this brother that had serious, serious um, challenges and um, with epilepsy and autism. And so, you know, i I decided to homeschool him. We actually did have a good year that year. Um, but I, I think that's when I really started seeing, you know, where all the challenges were. So Brenda, he, can I just interrupt you for one second? 
because I know when some people listen to these stories like yours and they think, really, that was going on and you couldn't piece it together. I know. You know, I and, know. and the reason I'm bringing that up is because I'm you and I'm okay. identifying with your story. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't an idiot. I did my fair share of stuff in high school and had a good old time. Yeah. But it is so much harder when you're living it. And, yeah. and it's unexpected. And like you said, it was the same thing with Jamie. Things happened, seemed to all of a sudden turn overnight. Mm -hmm. So in looking back, can you safely say in looking back, there really wasn't the thing that you should have caught? No, I, I don't see a thing um, that we could have caught. I, you know, I see a series of things that even looking back, I can't pinpoint, you know, a day, a time, an event. I think the, the biggest thing that happened that really rattled me was that he got arrested for shoplifting. And, you know, this was a kid who always had pocket money. He ran his own little entrepreneurial business in the neighborhood selling sodas to the construction workers. Um, so he didn't need to shoplift. Um, he just did uh, for the thrill of it, I guess. Um, and so that was, you know, the first criminal behavior and then from there, it, you know, it, it really did just um, go downhill fast, going through so many different schools, being finally expelled and me having to homeschool him. And that was the year that I really started seeing, okay, there's more going on here, but what is it? And he would write a lot. And so he wrote, you know, certain things about how much pain he had. And I'm like, where's this pain coming from? I never, you know, I never saw pain in a 13 year old. And, um, you know, he was identifying with a lot of his friends. And so he was, I think, kind of writing through some of their stories. Um, not to say that, you know, there weren't things going on at home, probably with a disabled child, and his dad was on the road a lot. Um, but he seemed like he was always trying to personify somebody else's challenge, somebody else's struggle. Um, and so, yeah, I continued into lots of arrest. And um, finally, the judge, um, you know, she had put him sent him to various rehab programs, inpatient, outpatient, IOP. And, you know, those are eye openers for parents. Um, <laughs> they're more challenging, I think, for the parents, a punishment for us than it is for them. Um, but it seemed like he would go into one of those treatment centers and then addicted to, you know, say marijuana and would come out with another addiction or another, um, at least, you know, experimenting with new drugs and, you know, that it progressed and it progressed from marijuana to uh, meth to what it finally, you know, ended up where it really started just, you know, his life falling apart was when he started um, using heroin, whether he was smoking it or shooting it up on a regular basis. You know what, Brenda, is it's really interesting when I'm sure people hear these stories that haven't lived them. Um, I, I It's kind of weird that we have such a similar story. Uh, the first real big thing for me, too, was that Jamie got caught shoplifting and it was exactly what mm -hmm. you said. She didn't need the money. Mm -hmm. She lived in a beautiful home. She didn't want for anything. And she was raised by the honesty Nazi. So, <laughs> right, WTF yeah. is going mm -hmm. on here. Can yeah. you relate to fast forward when... Ace is going through all of these things. You remember, do you ever remember looking back and going, gee, I wish he was shoplifting? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it, sure. it's so hard for people <laughs> to understand what we go through and what we have to end up accepting as our reality. And um, so now he's, you know, into these drugs that have hijacked his brain. Mm -hmm. And tell me about prison, because I'm sure that is a whole nother level of initially, you're not mm -hmm. the same person, but of shame and guilt and disbelief and everything that comes with that. Yeah, so the judge like um, either started to say or said, uh, she said if she saw him one more time, if he came before her, her court into her courtroom again, she was going to put him into the juvenile detention center. And um, she actually gave him a couple more tries and, you know, sent him to rehab. But finally, at 16 and a half, he was um, put into the Arizona Department of Corrections Juvenile Division. And, you know, that was that was earth shattering for me to have a 16 year old in, in jail and know that he's not going to get out until he's 18. Um, and, you know, like you said, it's one of those things looking back, gee, what if he would have just gotten out at 18 and we didn't continue a life of that, but unfortunately he did. Um, he got out and I say that he got out just long enough to give me a beautiful granddaughter, which I'm extremely grateful for. And, um, she's 19 and, um, but he can doing really well, right? I mean, really he doing is. well. Yeah, she's amazing. She's on full scholarship at ASU and has, you know, just always had the best friends as far as, you know, she's just not one of those kids that gets in trouble. I don't even think she's ever kissed a boy. <laughs> wow. I mean, that, you know what's so great about that, Brenda, giving people hope, because I think a lot of people feel like, mm -hmm. uh oh, they had kids. And we're going to repeat this with the grandchild. It's like, it, yeah. almost like it's an automatic thing because you're so scared. Right. And right. your story is not that. No, it's not. And, you know, and I think that there's a lot to that. Um, I prayed, my mom prayed. There were some generational curses, I believe, in our family. Um, five generations back, we all had our first child at 19 out of wedlock. And, you know, the day that Tatum turned 19 and she, <laughs> I was just like praising the Lord. So you guys um, had a different kind of a celebration that day. We certainly did. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Asa was, you know, the revolving door in prison. Um, he would serve 18 months for something. And, you know, the, the, the time in prison was really the hardest and yet some of the easiest because I knew where he was you know I, I I know parents today will say well at least you know at least you you know knew where he was and that was true um in the sense and I you know when the phone would ring I wasn't paranoid that it was him um but you know as soon as he would get out there you know there would it would just be right back to it. I mean, it was like, he was so drawn to that addiction and all the promises and all the things he said during the prison stint, you know, to get money on his books or whatever, just to make me sleep better at night. You know, as soon as he would get out, I think the longest he was out um, for any extended period of time was probably about 18 months. So here he is 38 and he's been in and out and in and out since he was 16. Um, 
Wow. And you know, Brenda, it would be so, I'm sure you've had your moments, you know, I know who you are today. And I also know, you know I'm a strong, courageous person, but I have moments too. Let's, we're not, nobody's perfect yeah. this side of heaven, but it would be so easy for you to feel like a victim and feel sorry for yourself and go through all the self-pity just with the story of Asa and your inability mm -hmm. to save him. And you were a good mom and all the stuff. And then you're going, really? And then I have Zane, who I know you love dearly, but this is not what you had wished, hoped, or dreamed for when you had that baby. Mm. So how, at what point did you make that shift from, to decide, to say, you know what? I mean, people, this doesn't happen overnight where one day Brenda woke up and went, you know what? I'm going to help people find purpose in the pain. <laughs> I know it was a process. So I'm not trying to ask you to pinpoint the date on your calendar, but did you have a pivotal moment or a series of them? I would definitely say when my mom passed away in 2015, I just, I had to find some sense of purpose, some meaning in this life because she had such a call on her life. She was in the ministry. She ran a children's home and continued to do great things. And she died very unexpectedly. And I just knew I couldn't let her legacy go. And, you know, so I was like, okay, God, I'm going to step up and, and step into whatever you, you know, you wanted for her. And of course, God knew that he was taking her, that she was going at, at, at 67. And so her legacy is what it is. And then mine is something different, but it is definitely taking, you know, that from that experience of losing her that I didn't have anyone else. You know, I, church was difficult because, you know, not a lot of churches have programs for disabled adults or teenagers. And so, you know, we, it, I was very, very isolated through all of this, not, you know, not having a lot of friends. And so I've always just wanted to take whatever I didn't have and make sure someone else didn't have to go through that. You know, so I would, I was a member of different um, online support groups and I would see these moms. And of course, you know, my situation is bad, but there's always someone who's worse. And yep. I would hear these moms and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, at least, at least I have a good job. I have a nice house. I can get my nails done when I need to. And, you know, so many of these moms were just completely trapped in you know, the beast had them down and there was no getting up for a lot of them. And I felt like if I can offer them just a little bit of hope and a little bit of light. And, you know, so that's when I created my retreat um, called Finding Purpose in the Pain. And my whole goal was to bring women who didn't have the opportunity to go to a retreat center to, you know, do yoga, um, have nice food and be, you know, surrounded by women who were struggling in similar situations. And then to walk away from that, being refreshed by, you know, the time away, as well as the speakers and the healing that occurred during that retreat. Um, and so, you know, I put everything I had into that retreat and hoping that it would amount to something, you know, that at least someone would, would um, find hope and healing in it. And, and God really blessed it. The first year there were 43 women and um, that was during COVID as well. 
Um, and then, you know, that continued to grow. Um, this last year, you were one of the speakers, of course. Um, but God has just, you know, put that burden on me to help other women. It's, you know, I can't change the past for me. But if I can help a mom that is facing some of those challenges that I was facing, I had some support, but I didn't have near the support that I needed, but I'm very self-sufficient. And some people aren't, you know, some people don't even know where to look. And so, you know, just by putting myself out there, I think being relatable, you know, having a son in prison, that will humble you. That will make you feel like you can relate to just about anyone. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and God has used that, you know, to allow me to help women that, you know, probably wouldn't have listened to me otherwise. I think that's important. You know, you bring up so many important points here that, you know, perspective is a powerful thing. And yeah. I, I don't know if you know, you know, I've clearly stated to, to people that I used to be on my soapbox saying that it's the parents' fault mm -hmm. if a yeah. kid was in addiction or got went to prison or, you know, anything like obviously you're a terrible parent. And then, right. you know, when I fell off that soapbox and, you know, cracked my head open, um, <laughs> you know, when it happened to me, that you know, it's it's a powerful thing and a humbling, like you said, experience for us. And but you also said basically you're, you know, you're taking that, that torch of, um, oh, what did you, what word did you use? I've got so many thoughts swirling through my head right now, as you were speaking, um, basically the burden, uh -huh. but I know that when you say that word, you don't mean it in the poor me, I'm a victim way, mm, no. right? It, you're taking, I, this, I don't. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's really an honor. I know people don't understand that, but it's an honor, like you said, you can't change the past, but it's an honor to be able to use your story. I mean, Brenda, I literally teared up when you were explaining people that don't have these types of opportunities and how you wanted to give them hope. Right. And isn't that what everybody, and, and no matter where you are in life, we're all looking for a little more hope. Absolutely. And, you know, nothing against a lot of those groups on Facebook, but so many of the ones that I was in, at least, you know, especially t dealing with addiction or, um, you know, parents of the incarcerated, it was just, you know, one sad story after another, after another. And it was a place I know because I was there where other people finally found a safe place, you know, okay, this is a safe group of women. I can talk about my situation. And, you know, I want to offer that safe place, but like you, I want to offer that safe place with hope, you know, let's don't stay there. Let's don't, you know, dwell on it. Yes, it happened. And what can we do to make sure it doesn't happen again to someone else? Or how can I use what I learned from that experience to, you know, better myself and, and help someone else along the way? Yeah, you're so right about these groups that I'm not putting, like you said, anybody else down either, but maybe it is the first time they've been able to tell their story. But I always say, then what? Because exactly. once you tell your story and then you log in or you go to a physical meeting and then you hear that story and that story and that story, I don't know how you don't walk away feeling depressed and hopeless. Yeah. So I well, love that you're willing to reach. It's very 
you know, you're, you're reaching people definitely at a very vulnerable point, or maybe at a point where they're still feeling a little hopeless, but obviously they're not coming to your retreat if they don't want or are not ready at least to believe there could be some hope. Exactly. I mean, there, this last year, there were women there that, you know, by day two, I'm thinking, okay, girl, you came here for, for help and for hope. Let's, you know, let's get into that routine. Let's, let's start moving forward. Cause they, you know, they just kind of sat there, but there's always a breakthrough, you know, when there's other women around. And of course, you know, I firmly believe in the healing that comes from, you know, time with the Lord and worship. Um, but yeah, they all came with the purpose of trying to find something, something they could hang on to and something tangible. So and your I, retreat, though, is not solely for people who haven't had opportunity, and, and it's not just for people who need help getting to the retreat, because I know you do offer those, those resources through your nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Really, I was there, and I wasn't there for the whole thing, but I was there on two different days, and I feel like anyone, especially, obviously, if you're a believer or you're even curious about Jesus and hope and Christianity, even if you're curious, I feel like anybody at any level, anywhere could still benefit from what you're doing. I think so. I mean, it started out as addicts, moms and incarcerated moms, uh, moms of the incarcerated. And this last year, I I think more, there were more people just hurting, you know, from loss and grief of different situations, be it they're estranged from their family or they, you know, they have lost a loved one. Um, their husband, you know, is, was cheating on them, just a number of things. And, and just that childhood trauma that, you know, so many, so, so many people have, and they carry that baggage with them, you yes. know, well into their adulthood and just giving them some tools to, you know, unpack some of that. And again, in a safe place and then know what to do after. Yeah. Know, and that's, what's important too. I, I believe in the work that you're doing too, is it's not just about coming together for three days or whatever, three and a half days that you have. It's about being able to leave there and walk away with okay, I know what I can do in this situation. Because I think a right. lot of events are rah, rah, let's get excited. And then, you know, people go home next week and they have no idea. I have to go back to an event or I'm lost. Right. And I mean, I, that's another reason I was so grateful for you coming because you did, you know, you actually offered something tangible for them to take away. And I think that's something that, you know, all of the leadership team, you know, we've all come up with, um, you know, handouts or, you know, scriptures to pray when you're feeling anxious, you know, so that, but your tools, I think were just, you know, exactly what our, our group needed. And I'm so grateful, you know, that God put our paths together and, and, you know, a lot of those ladies actually joined your group as well and are hopefully working through well, their nine warriors. weapons. Yes, Everybody's absolutely. a warrior. You know, when you were talking about the different uh, paths that people had and their different traumas and experiences, you know, I, it gets me to thinking, you know, I'm thinking, you know, when I get to heaven, maybe I'll ask about this. Really, God, we get something so big, like a kid in addiction or prison, and then we also have other things. Yeah, yeah. my friends, that's life. You don't have just one thing. So I think it's important mm -hmm. 
what you're doing is helping people to open up and move and to heal from, I like to call it disrupting our trauma. It doesn't mean we bury our head in the sand and we're looking, you know, like we didn't, it never happened, but if we can't stand on it and use it and, and heal from it, something else is coming, right? I mean, we're not going to escape <laughs> yeah. this life unless we all die right this moment without some other loss, some other challenge, some other betrayal. Life is going to keep coming at us. So I just feel like it's so important that you are looking at the whole person, what you do. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's the yoga um, and art and it's just a great time for them to, you know, just really the connections that are made, find your people, um, being seen, known, and loved, you know, that's, that's the, what most people take away from it is a sense of community and a sense of, uh, sisterhood and knowing, you know, that there's other people out them out there that are dealing with the same, you know, and I don't want anyone to ever try to rate their, their pain, you know, everybody's pain is their pain and, and right. it's their, their cross to carry. And, you know, mine is just as heavy as, as anyone else's. And I believe that. And, you know, so coming into that environment, um, I've just seen so much healing and, and that is what prompted me to, you know, to offer some courses, you know, I'm doing one right now called transforming the tra the trajectory of trauma. I was just um, going to ask you about that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So people, I know that your event isn't until April, so hopefully you'll come on again yeah. closer to that. And we can talk more yeah, about to the actual event. Cause you know, people don't think about next week, let alone <laughs> April, but Absolutely. I really want this in the back of people's minds as a great resource because, and by the way, you know what? I have an event in Arizona. Arizona is a great place to come. <laughs> so you should, you know, April is beautiful. And right. Is that when your next event is in April? Yes, it is yeah. April 19th. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be a great experience. We can talk definitely more about that, but I know that just recently you made that decision to step away from, you know, a big career. Yeah. Like you didn't have enough on your plate. You also had this right. really busy career. And, um, and that takes a lot of courage, Brenda, to, to do that and to not say, well, let me go right back into the safety zone and get me another one of those big jobs. Um, and to say, okay, I'm going to step into my trauma and recovery coaching program that mm -hmm. you started to talk about. So tell me a little bit about that. And then how can people find out more about that? Well, the best way to find out more about that is to, you know, go to my Facebook or to, I, you know, I'm, I'm ill prepared for, for this because the course is not live yet. I don't have a link to sign up for it. Um, so just, you know, following me on, on Facebook or, uh, the purpose in the pain group, um, page would be a great place to follow up. And, um, so purpose in the pain or Brenda Gray Furland. Those are yeah. two Facebook pages that you should follow. If you're listening to what Brenda's saying, if you're interested in the work that she's doing and, you know, there isn't, a, there are not a lot of people out there that I don't think that are trauma recovery coaches, but have lived it and walked it. And that's right. why I think right. that you're going to be very successful at it, but not just that. Okay. This isn't something she just thought of last week. Um, Brenda also serves on the women's ministry team and mental and mental health coaching team at her church. Um, she's been doing this, doing her events. So this is just a way to work more hands-on with her 
And so I would really recommend that you follow, if you follow Purpose in the Pain, you're going to be able to learn about that retreat and also Brenda's work coming up. So I recommend that you go and do that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's Brenda G. Um, Furland. So Brenda, oh, Brenda G. G. Furland. Okay, got it. Yep. That's where you can find me on Facebook. Well, you know what, Brenda, I feel like we could probably talk about a lot of different topics and different perspectives that could help people in so many ways. So I'm thinking that I would like you to come back on a regular basis <laughs> um, and be my guest. If you want to chat more about all of this and stuff we haven't even touched on, um, I'd love to have you come back and be a guest again. Oh, absolutely. I, I would love that. Okay, because um, there's so much more to talk about. I, I'm going to, you know, end this episode today knowing that we will have Brenda come back and talk to you. And I just want to personally thank you for, I mean, your selflessness. And I know that initially you may have started, I don't know, and I put words in your mouth, but you may have started this journey. A lot of the times it's, you know, for our own recovery and our own help and, and a way to feel like there's some purpose in all this madness but right. I know that the work you do is not easy. It For me, this is the hardest thing I've ever done by a hundred. Yeah. And so I just want to thank you for your heart for people. And also I can just picture your mom in the cloud of witnesses, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Cheering you on and for, for not allowing her legacy to just stop because you're carrying that torch. So I just yeah. want to say thank you so much. Well, thank you, Valerie. I love you and I love what you do. And I'm just so grateful that God um, put our paths together and that you Amen, live so close. <laughs> okay. Follow Brenda at Purpose in the Pain Retreat. What is it on Facebook? Yeah. Purpose in the, Purpose in the Pain Retreat. Okay, great. Follow Brenda there and we will have her again soon. Thank you again, Brenda. Love you. Love you too, Val. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a great day.